It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey, everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Welcome to episode 301 of Horror Movie Night. For those of you on Zencaster, or on Jesus Christ, for those of you on Patreon, this is the first episode you're getting to see video <laughs> of, and Scott boofed it in the first 30 seconds. Scott <laughs> is forgiven for celebrating a national holiday. I can't tell by Matt's shirt if he is also celebrating a national holiday, but me and Scott clearly are. Yeah, <laughs> no, boy! <laughs> I'm so glad shirt. you noticed. Representing... The dark Matt's side. celebrating the national holiday of being <laughs> sad. We just finished Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What happens next? What do we strap in and watch? Well, Scott stepped up to the plate. I said, I don't know if we can keep doing this show after Pee-wee. And he said, don't panic. And I said, I can't help it. And he said, no, that's the movie we're going to talk about. So, Scott, why did you pick... ADR the movie known as Don't Panic. Oh my god, you took my first fucking note! Alright, so there's a story here. It's a good story about this. The reason that I picked it was because our pal Josh, he messages me on Facebook Messenger and he goes, Dude, have you watched Don't Panic on Shudder? It just got dropped. I'm like, I've never even heard of this. And he took like a one minute video like he i don't know if he i don't think he took it on his phone i think he actually screen like captured screenshot it <laughs> sent it to me and it was when the guys like literally running through the school before they have their date 
and he was like, this is the best one minute most horror movie night thing I've seen in months. And I was like, well, you sold it for me. And I was like, you know, just so you know, you're getting full credit if it's shit. And uh, so, Josh, you get full credit because this movie is absolutely <laughs> it's garbage. Awesome. Dude, I feel so much better. I now. loved I loved every minute of how bad it is, it is. But like, it is not my fault. Peer pressure. I watched this on a computer with headphones. It's the only time that I've ever watched a horror movie night movie wearing headphones getting the full surround sound effect of this movie, which, as I said, is literally just ADR the entire film. So much so that there are scenes where people are talking outside and, like, they have tried to make it sound like it's not ADR and failed so hard that the crickets are louder than the dialogue that's happening in the scene. (laughs) I feel like that also happened in, like, Food of the Gods. I feel like that guy, when he's, like... When he's he's um, taking a piss outside, and then does he get like bitten the ass yeah. or something? It's been a long enough time, but I feel like that movie was also real bad about like ADR plus the uh, poorly mixing the sound Dude, effects. The scene in the cafeteria baffled. This me. whole movie is a, is, is a mystery well, of why it exists. The episode that we're gonna do next week, I have two pages of notes because there was so much available <laughs> information about this movie. I couldn't find a goddamn thing about this movie to even explain to me what was going on. The only thing I found just out of boredom, because I had to figure out, first of all, I I tried to figure out the one thing and I haven't gotten an answer yet, which is, was this movie filmed in English? I don't know. It was. Okay. It was. So it was a Mexican horror, like splatter director, if I remember correctly. I didn't take notes on this, but I think that I read a bunch of comments that you can post on shutter and i got a bunch of like kind of disparate information that kind of coalesced into a bit of understanding so it was a mexican horror director i believe that it was like a mexican and like italian like uh, production together yeah it was all in english and then they adr the whole movie and it was trying to cash in on our nightmare on street uh, obviously, it's it's yeah. literally Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the mom is even drinking out of the same like frosted glass <laughs> bottles, like because she's a drunk. When we get to the mom's stuff, let me have a moment to just talk about some of her more ridiculous quotes. She is insane, but yeah, like so. Uh, I don't think that most of these people spoke English well, and I don't think that they did their own. ADRing. Know that the main character was an American actor, or maybe he was Mexican-American. I don't know, but like they they had to do it in Mexico, and that's and what they did was they made it a an international school, quote unquote, in a Mexican city, and that's why it says like so and so international school when he's outside the school. I, the best part about that is when he shows up and he gets stopped by this like security guard, right? Who's like, you can't drive, ride your bike, and you're gonna be late. He's like, here's some titties. <laughs> Here's some porn. How the guys does that like, work? Works for me. <laughs> it, that, that doesn't. That didn't make sense to me. Like I would understand if it was like I don't know an eight year old that was a security guard for some reason. It's like, hey, I have a nudie magazine that I can give you. But like, is that the only way that a sixty year old man can get his hands on a I porn? I feel out? like. I honestly feel like... Well, he's not going he, in the woods and finding him inside tree stumps anymore. So. Uh, oh, dude. That's no, the only that, place that you find pornos timing. Is, is in the woods. No, no, no. No, there are two places you find pornos. In the 80s and early 90s. Kids today 
they don't fucking get it. <laughs> the best part about finding porn was how creepy and sketch it was, and you didn't care because you just want to see. Boobs. You just had to force yourself to believe it was hot. You guys ever get your hands on a penthouse? As a child. Dude, okay. Because that's, that's what I wanted. <laughs> that is. I, that was where this story was going, actually. was So the first, like, nudie mags I ever saw were Playboys, right? And Playboy is so sterile and very glamorous. And, like, honestly, like, I didn't know what a vagina looked like. There was a truck stop that was in our small town. We had fucking two lights, all right? Like, we were a very small town. Behind the truck stop, gas station, whatever, was a large car wash and the car wash was like one of those do-it-yourselfers with like those long ass spray guns right but there was one that was extra tall for trucks you know like for semis and so somebody must have gotten tired of like this package i'm talking eight to twelve inches thick of playboys and he packed them up into a in a black plastic bag like a trash bag and dumped them in the trash can right behind that that uh, car wash and s- for some reason somehow one of my friends found it i don't know why were they digging through the trash were they like oh that's porn i know it's porn <laughs> they grabbed it and then the best thing about finding nudie mags in the 90s was they didn't stay intact literally you'd sit down with your friends and rip it apart you would share the nudes. Queen never wrote this song, but they should have written a whole record called Nudes of the World. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to Don't Panic for a second. So back to Don't Panic. So the thing that I don't understand in this movie is there are moments where Michael feels like it is a 30-year-old man playing a 12-year-old child. Uh, specifically when he's because rocking those he is, kids' right? pajamas. Like, oh, my. So, yeah. The whole the time. Whole... <laughs> he's got dino pajamas. I wrote down this note, and, and it says, legit thought Mike was wearing a onesie when he was walking with his laundry, but then he turned and he had jeans on. And then it cuts to the next shot, and he's laying in bed. I'm like, nope, those are full adult pajamas. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, those are sweet dino jammies. He was showing her his cars on the fucking wall. And oh, thinking, my God. I was like, if this was a normal movie, I would make a joke about him wearing dinosaur pajamas, but I can't because he's actually wearing dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> but it's this movie is big meets Nightmare on Elm Street. Dude. Yes. It's it, all it is. We're kind of glossing over what, in my opinion, is the greatest moment of HMN cinema history. And it's happening on episode 301. It's when they're on their first date, falling in love as they play hooky for the entire day. I don't know how this happens, right? That montage was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to explain it. Listeners, please watch Don't Panic on Shudder. It is an indescribable film. And the (laughs) most indescribable part of it is the love montage where they fall in love right but the part about the the actual cherry on top literally pun intended is they go and have ice cream i don't know how long they've been out because he said let's go get breakfast and now they're having fucking ice cream the ice cream's melting and dude looks like he's about to fucking jizz his pants he's literally (laughs) what's his name when nadia is about to you know touch herself jason biggs Biggs. yes thank you and like the the andy samberg That whole scene is, that's what I'm saying about this movie being so indescribably bad, but it's the train wreck that you can't look away from. You it's can't. incredible. It's it's really it's, it's every like because everything's I the wrong to, decision. We've talked about this before. Like the best <laughs> movies, the best movies for horror movie night, but charmingly is, is when like 
they are trying so hard, but every decision is the incorrect decision to be making in the movie. And like the two things that I want to bring up before we skip over them, because I think we're about to get where it actually becomes a horror movie, because the first like 30 minutes yeah. of this movie, it's not even really a horror movie. He gets like dissed by the girl that he's in love with in the cafeteria. And it's this awkward oh, yeah. scene where they're staring at each other from across the cafeteria. But again, because they had to ADR the whole movie, all you can hear loud and clear is someone else's conversation in the cafeteria. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, man, can you go over there and get me a drink? And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not, pal? And like, that's, that's happening in the background. But then the sex scene has the loudest oh. piano ballad playing in the background. Well, it's because they had to, they had to like, get that mix better because the, if they didn't have the music in it, all you'd hear was... <laughs> the ADR so the thing with ADR that's always a problem and this is where like when you catch good ADR it's because you don't notice it but like it's not even that the syncing up is bad like they sync it well but it's the scene where he's talking to John outside of his house oh you mean when like after the party when they do the Ouija board like at the beginning no I'm talking about when like he's trying to save the sister at the hospital and he's trying to warn John mm. and John's like stay away don't you fuck with my sister man and like it's very yeah. awkwardly edited and then he's like supposed to be screaming for help but he's just going like John! John! <laughs> no, it, I can't believe you're mad at that because his his bushy-eyebrowed girlfriend sounds like any woman that's in Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Like, whoever did <laughs> that voice was not, was not her. Was not her. But I, we're yeah. skipping the first I'm, death, which is like, I'm really upset. Is that the dagger through the, the, the head? No, the girl that got killed in a room. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who was that? It, I don't know, but it didn't make sense. <laughs> no, in I don't the know sense who anybody like, is in this movie. I've seen Spanish horror films. They're really good. This is like General Hospital in Spain. Like, they're flicking <laughs> water on her. Yeah, and that girl, who the eyebrow girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. I think that she was a, a like a Mexican soap star. Okay, so that makes sense because yeah, they're yeah. flicking the blood on her, which doesn't make sense. It would make sense if someone, if she was stabbing someone, but she's getting stabbed. And yeah, blood no, is no, no. They're just like <laughs> the trick. I believe I don't know because I've never done actual practical effects myself, and I haven't read up on it enough to know. But pretty sure back in the '80s, what they did was when they'd have like a knife that was like slitting someone or stabbing someone, there would be a small like a tube that pipette, ran down it, yeah, a tube, mm -hmm. and they would just you know pipe liquid blood in it so it would like you know come down from the cut or whatever and they were like no no that's too much work <laughs> too much work somebody get somebody take a mouthful of red corn syrup and just <laughs> spit it on the girl like a blow dart you know so, so scott when you were telling me the the scene that you were sent by josh i'll tell you what i yeah. thought you were going to say because it was the part that i left the loudest at and knowing Brian is my brother, I'm really hoping that this is also a part that he laughed the loudest at. But it's in the hospital after the second victim is killed and they find the body and Michael is running away from the scene of the crime and he's doing this <laughs> yeah. awkward zigzag run down the steps and then it just cuts to a wide shot of an open room with a single trash can and he runs straight <laughs> into the one trash can. No. <laughs> it is, it's exactly like when I watched that scene, all I could think about was the chase scene in Wet Hot American Summer. I was going to say, it's, it's, <laughs> and the it's fucking a snake joke. Mail. That's the only way Dude. it makes sense. 
You know what's crazy? <laughs> that is not the hardest I laughed. But the hardest I laughed was also at a state joke. And I thought that that's what you were going for. It's towards the end. And she's like, he's like, you can't, you gotta go. You can't come with you. She's like, I gotta go with you. He's like, no, I gotta do this. Song. She's like, move. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Also, as we're talking about like the ADR and how it makes scenes very awkward, whoever was doing the ADR for the mom, and this is also going to be the setup for you, Scott, so you can start doing your quotes. <laughs> Thank you. <But laughs> I hate, hate the way that the mom says "baby" so much to him when he's in. Oh bed. my god! Don't jump, baby. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, so uncomfortable. It is not how a mother refers to a child. No, like no. a mom can call her kid "baby." But it's not, she is saying seductive baby. She's saying love relationship yeah. baby every time. Well, <laughs> and she's like, basically, she, she hates the dad because he won't pay child support. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the son. But then, like, she has infantilized him by giving him dino jammies. And, you know, but, she, but also there's this whole subplot where the mom is, like, obsessed with Ouija. And that's why the lead guy didn't want to use the Ouija board at his birthday party, but then he did, and I don't know, and then she was like, everyone get the fuck out! You know, I don't know. I, I honestly could not parse the themes in this film, but... I just love how she's she's basically like in love with her son. It's so weird. She said, if, if you took like a sip of water, because you guys are straight edge, right? Every single time she says baby, you would throw up, literally, yeah. because mm. your body would be like, I have to reject all this liquid, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know? Well, especially like, the scene where just... he's in the bed after the hospital scene. She says it like nine times in like a two minute period. It's crazy. Yeah, you'd be ultra hydrated in this watching this movie <laughs> like that. But the the funnier thing about it is that she's such a fucking idiot, and maybe it's because she's <laughs> drunk all the time. But she's like such a fucking idiot that when he's coming back in the window from being from getting out and then coming back from that that hospital scene or whatever, she goes, "Baby, don't jump." And I'm like, girl, he's got his leg coming in. What are you doing? <laughs> and also, he has these tantrums where he rips his bedroom apart. And he's like, oh, I don't love this car anymore. I don't love these boobs anymore. And he's, it's, it's amazing. This movie is is the funniest, mo unintentionally funniest film we've discussed in such a long time. All I have to say about the mom, Brian, is this what AA is like? She goes, there's something you should know. I have a drinking problem. To the doctor. The doctor's like, there's nothing wrong with your son. And she's like, yes, there is. I'm an alcoholic. Listen, there's so much in this movie that I have experienced with that doesn't make sense. For starters, <laughs> my friends are without a doubt the meanest people I've ever met. Like, we are... Oh, they're shitbags! My yeah. friends are so mean, and we've never brought up one of our parents' alcoholism. Second of all, I feel like this writer is really writing his truth in this movie, <laughs> and he's experiencing it, so I think it's I think it's important to address that. If, you, if you're an alcoholic and you have a child, please, please get sober, because if you don't, they will make a movie like this, and we cannot have another movie like this. <laughs> We already have another movie like this, and it's going to happen this calendar year. It's called Trampa Inferno, and Matt knows about it, buddy. It's been um, on my long list for a long time. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is John. Towards the end, Scott, you already made a mention of this. John gets that knife through the bottom of his oh, mouth. Oh, okay, that's, that's him. It's yeah. the best kill in the movie. It is. Right before that happens is the fucking, I, I guess we'll just call it like the hide-and-seek chase sequence where our main character mike he's now got the killer vision so he can't see anything he can only see through the killer's eyes 
And he's like, John, get out of the car. And John is just hopping around with this gun in his hands. Also, he showed up to, like, kidnap his friend who's all drugged up with a rifle. Yeah. Very, very odd choice. You know, like, hey, you're my best friend. I'm going to save you. Get in the fucking car! <laughs> so he's hopping around trying to find him. And then all of a sudden, the, like, possessed friend body pops up and just gives a little smile and a wave at him, like, all sassy. Very, very Prince of Darkness, very, if you ask very me. Very goofy. The one positive thing I will say about this movie is that the static TV face effect looks way too cool. good for the yeah. rest of this movie. <laughs> like, that's all. That's that, That's the only practical effect that they spent any time on. It's fine. I mean, like, it, do, you do you. You know, like, it, it, they loved it. They wanted it to look good. And Scott, you should have picked this movie about a month or two earlier. Because April Fool's, sucker. All the best lines in this movie, besides the mom being, like, talking about her drinking problem, happen in the last 10 minutes. It's crazy because that's the uh, April Fool's, sucker, and then the, time to visit hell. You know, like, I would absolutely do that before a breakdown in in that fucking breakdown EP that we talk about all the time. That just has to happen. I feel like I could bust that out in in a weekend. It wouldn't be good. No. But it would just be breakdowns. I don't have to write melodies. I was going to say, I don't think it needs to be good. Yeah. Well, so... uh, to, to wrap this movie up, like, so the whole conceit of this movie is that his best friend gets possessed by the Ouija board at the beginning of the movie, is the killer, but he can see through the killer's eyes, and then at the end, he has to stab him with a ritual knife to, to like, basically put the, that soul, that demonic soul back to back to hell, whatever, and save everybody's life, right? The funniest thing is that that Michael, that's, I, I actually have a note, The ver- my second to last note is fucking his name. He dies because he gets dropped from a high point or something like that. And so the very end of this movie, had it's this is the wildest ending to a movie in a long time, in my opinion, because it's not a twist ending. It's literally like a happy ending. Yeah, it's just like, I'll see you but, in heaven, girl. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is that, the, the funny thing about it is that he's not going to haunt his girlfriend. He's going to haunt his mom. He's going to haunt the fuck out of his mom because she didn't get him a race car casket. He had a race car bed, but no race car casket. The eyebrow girlfriend, she is totally going to get fucked by a ghost. Like, this is the this is the gender-bent version of the end of Odd Thomas. Yes. It's, and, and none of the movies that I've referenced so far are my double feature, which is wild to That's me. That's awesome. Well, speaking of which... It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Scott, what is your double feature? Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Because this movie is wild and stupid as hell. But then I want to have a palate cleanser with one of my favorite horror movies that also is about possession 
and high school. And yeah. so and that's from a fun night one. two, alumni Lou. Oh right. man, so good. I, top twenty. Top ten maybe. As I was watching this movie, I just kept thinking, This is Demon Wind. Like as as I saw more and more, I'm like, this is Demon Wind. I don't wanna watch Demon Wind again, but it's making me wanna yes, watch Demon do. Wind again. I'm gonna pair this with another movie where a guy is having trouble catching a killer because of his eyesight. And that's See No Evil with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. <laughs> Classic. Scott, what is something that you've watched, read, etc. that you want to talk about? So I have a TV show that we're in the process of watching. Okay. And it's we're watching it sequentially, which is crazy, um, which sucks because there, there are two things that suck about it. And I'll explain it to you in a second. One, the, thing, the number one thing that sucks about it is the fact that it comes out on Sunday nights. So we usually watch it Monday nights, whatever. It's on HBO Max and it has all the things that I love. It's got... Strong, sassy women, superpowers, accents, and it's got fucking costumes. But the downside is that it's written by Joss Whedon. It's called The Nevers, and it is so good, and I hate that it's so good, because it's everything I want except for Joss Whedon, right? Man, that that show, have you guys started watching it at all? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, it's literally Marvel did X-Men series called it. It's like 1792 or something like that. I can't quite remember the name of it, but it's where they took all of all of these X-Men characters and put them during like the Great Britain witch trials. Okay. And they have their powers and they're witches because they have powers, right? And so I'm looking at the, the, the whole conceit of the Nevers is that these, these characters have all been um, given powers during this event and they're called the Touched. And each touched has a different power and it, it's kind of like take x-men and miss miss peregrine's school for unusual children okay or peculiar children rather because some people's powers are so weird that they're worthless but some people's powers are so are, are like op you know like there's one woman who's basically pyro from x-men like the entire show every time somebody shows a new power i turn to megan i'm like okay that's so and so because okay. i'm just trying to like piece together what x-men it is really <laughs> great show it's super fun um we're only on episode four right now it's so good uh, i think it's only 10 episodes or eight episodes i can't quite remember but um i think it actually is eight episodes it's two four episode arcs or something like that but really really good but Fuck you, Joss Whedon, for making a good show after being outed in the Me Too movement. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Uh, All right, Brian, do you have one you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, I watched a Star Wars short since we were recording on May the 4th. On May the 4th, Uh, yeah. I watched a Star Wars short called Story of the Faithful Wookiee. And it is 20 no! minutes. And, <laughs> and you tried to get us to watch it too, you fuck. And I couldn't get you guys to watch it. And it really makes no. me upset. So I, I have to send you guys. The, my favorite thing about it is how much the artist hates Han Solo. Because like everyone else was like drawn half decent. But Han Solo looks like almost like a critic character in one picture. Like, <laughs> like you just gotta look at the drawing. You've had the critic it. on your mind all week, oh, dude. Oh dear God! All right. Yeah. Am I the only one who's watched the holiday special? Uh yes. Uh, I watched its entirety. Half of it. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't finish. I was gonna it. say was the, that animation feels like it's supposed to be a tribute to the to the Boba Fett animation. 
segment. But why? I, because but that's why? like the only good part in the entire holiday special is the animated segment about Bubba Fett. Um, uh, you, didn't, you didn't think the intergalactic porn that uh, Chewie's dad was watching? You, didn't think that was uh, you know part? what? I did enjoy seeing Jefferson Starship just show up randomly to play a tune. But yeah, no, shockingly, I didn't think the rest of it was good. Actually, you know what song is actually kind of a banger, even though it sucks, is uh, B. Arthur's song kicking everybody out of uh, Mos Eisley Tavern. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next week when we also talk about a band showing up to play a tune. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we will. Uh, next couple movies, actually. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'll go last because this station is non-operational. And I watched a documentary called At the Drive-In, which is uh, about the drive-in movie theater that I go to sometimes to see oh, movies. Oh, I thought it was about the band. Nope. Damn it. But no, it's, a, it's an interesting story about how like the Mahoney Drive-In basically almost closed down because they couldn't afford a digital projector and people weren't making new movies in millimeters anymore. Um, so they were like, well, let's just do retro screenings until like we eventually have to like shut down. And then the retro screenings because of two like diehard horror fans that were like, let us handle the booking for a little bit. And all of a sudden they started booking these like retro screenings and getting these directors to come out and do signings. And like, it kind of saved the, the whole company but they also come up with a really creative way to get around not having a digital projector that is like, like, I won't tell you all the details because I want people to watch it. But they do basically say that they solved a $50,000 problem with a $5,000 solution. <laughs> and having been there and seen movies when they're projecting it this style, you literally can't tell the difference. They figured out such a, a cheap way to recreate a digital projector that it's unbelievable. But yeah, check it out. It's a really good doc. It's only like 80 minutes. It's a, it's a shorten. If you just love film, it's a, it's a great story about other people who also love film. That is Don't Panic from 1989. Uh, we talked about a movie that made all the wrong mistakes, but it was delightful in doing so. Uh, and it's a little obscure movie. Next week, we're going to talk about a movie that made all the wrong mistakes and a lot of people know about it, and it has had a giant spotlight on it for a really long time. So stay tuned, and we'll be back with more Horror Movie Night. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts, movies made of paper, wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 